Hello and welcome to the Simply podcast. I'm Patrick Holbert, Head of Content at Simply. And I'm Aish Rajavali, Content Executive. Aish, we're looking at equity in business today. Who are we interviewing? We've got Ritu Mohanka, Managing Director of EMEA at Sindio, a company that focuses on enabling equitable practice in organisations. She joined in April 2022 and before that was the EMEA VP for Strategy and Development at LinkedIn. I really enjoy talking about equity as it continues to get confused with equality, but the principle is very different. So let's get straight into it then. So uh, are you OK just to, before we start in earnest to give me a bit of a background on yourself uh, and what you do at Sindio and what you were doing before that? Absolutely. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for having me today. Uh, well, my name is Ritu. I'm originally from Kolkata in India. And over the last 20, year, 20 plus years, I've worked and studied in cities across all over Europe, including London, Paris, Munich, and Vienna. Um, I always like to say that I'm lucky enough to be a recognized leader in the HR tech and human capital space, particularly across diversity, inclusion, equity, employee engagement, and employee experience, really helping organizations deliver workforce and performance transformation. Um, So it's really about making sure that we can use best of breed HR tech solutions that demonstrates the drive that clients have to drive key outcomes, business outcomes, by combining consulting analytics and technology to drive human performance and provide metrics to global organizations. Um, I recently joined Sindio. It's uh, my third month at Sindio, and I've joined as the MD for EMEA to lead the charge for its strategic growth across EMEA. EMEA. And I'm super, super, super passionate about making fairness in workplace a reality for absolutely everybody. Uh, I, I now finally, I would say, have a real opportunity to make that happen for many more people and more companies. Providing a unique capability really allows companies to measure workforce equity in multiple dimensions across many employee variables. Rapid, accurate, and current data really helps enable real action to address some of these inequalities exposed. And when legislation requires equity or soon will be do so, it's good for businesses to ensure your workplace is an equitable and fair place. Prior to Sindio, I was at Glint, which was acquired by LinkedIn. I was there for four years. And before that, I was at Canaxa, which was acquired by IBM. I was there for 16 years. So I grew up in the HR tech space. You mentioned about fairness there. We'll go on to that uh, later, Ritu. But uh, Aisha, uh, over to you. Um, so I was going to ask, so there's uh, a lot of common misconceptions about what equity is. How would you define it and how would you define uh, workplace equity more broadly? Absolutely. And I I will do my best to keep my uh, response short, but it's um, the way I like to talk about the component, each component in the D, E and I is that diversity is what makes each individual unique. This is what we usually consider to be representation. Equity is going to be the justice of our systems that are in place. So for example, are our systems really designed such that everyone isn't just treated equally, but the outcomes for everyone puts them on a level level playing field. And inclusion is how those individuals are treated. And the most important aspect of DE&I is that belonging piece is, belonging is, sense of belonging is ultimately how connected employees feel and the experience of all of these pieces together. And I always like to say, What is the difference between even equality and equity? So if I think about equality, that has to do with giving everyone the exact same resources, 
whereas equity involves distributing resources based on the needs of the recipients. Um, so I always I, I use this quote, equality is giving everyone a shoe. Equity is giving everyone a shoe that actually fits. And now, now let's just look at workforce equity more broadly. When I think about workforce equity, that really means unlocking opportunities for every employee by treating them equitab equitably and without bias. This truly then allows employees to achieve their highest potential within an organization, regardless of their gender, race, or other factors. And it really creates a virtuous cycle. When you hire, compensate, and advance people in an equitable way, you as an organization establish a fair workplace, which creates positive brand awareness and fuels subsequent recruiting and hiring. I'll take a pause and see if I've answered your question and if you have further questions around workplace equity. Well, we, I, I certainly do. I might leave it a while uh, for now, Rita. I'm interested you mentioned about treated equally earlier because I was I was speaking to someone else around equity and, uh, and you know the concept that the whole point of equity is you're not treated equally um, and that can be a bit confusing, um, especially you know and especially what is internal communicators which our business tends to um, you know that that's our area um, and how to land that message with employees um, it becomes a bit of a disconnect and a discord and can be problematic. Um, so yes, we'll go on to that and on to fairness as well. But you mentioned right at the start that you focus heavily on data um, driven analytics um, in driving workplace and pay equity. Uh, so how are you doing that and ensuring you're going beyond um, kind of, you know, box ticking and into, uh, you know, real equitable, equitable practices? Absolutely, Patrick. Um, if every single chief HR officer and or CEO that I have personally recently talked to has one big topic on their agenda, data-driven decisions. So the ability to evaluate and use data well and effectively is perhaps the most important component when you take future strategic decisions. Every single day as an organization, employment decisions are made within companies across Europe and around the world, such as choosing a candidate for a job offer, setting the starting salary for a new hire, rating an employee's job performance, giving annual pay adjustments, endorsing an employee for a promotion, and many, many more. The sum of all these daily employment decisions spread out across, spread out across multiple teams and individuals nudges the needle towards either a more or less equitable workplace, ultimately driving employers' most important and visible social metrics, including adjusted and unadjusted pays and diversity overall and in leadership. So when thinking about workplace equity, look to the data for these answers. Are promotions or succession planning favoring one group of employees over the other? Are all your high performers representative of a certain gender or race or ethnicity? Do you have pay gaps when comparing peer employees? Data truly allows you to see these widespread trends or gaping holes. It also helps when it comes to aspirational goals like diversity hiring. You first need to understand where you stand today and to know where you're headed, what's even within reach for us. And, you know, you've heard this, I'm sure, Patrick, you can't manage what you can't measure. Companies must make sure that they have the most accurate and updated employee data on key data fields, such as demographic information, work experience and quality of work. And companies must then be rigorous about bringing in and using this most, the most robust statistical analysis so they can identify wage disparities. 
And a statistical analysis can also help to determine the root cause of pay discrepancy. So it's not about everyone knows there's a gap. Find me a data set where they say there's no gap. So there's always going to be this gap. But to understand those root causes of pay discrepancies and determine what practices or policies are responsible for these discriminatory pay gaps. That's what data can really truly help organizations in terms of achieving work, workforce equity. So you mentioned around uh, yeah, pay disparity and um, and other areas there. And to a blunt instrument like me, I'm thinking that's, that sounds more like equality. So where, where, where did the difference come in where you're talking about equity here, which is obviously about the level playing field, um, you know, giving people the tools they need to get to uh, to 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 that, um, you know, to be able to give them the tools to, to practice equality. So where does that um, where does that come in here? Uh, you know, and where does equality become equity and equity become equality? Yeah, I think, as I said earlier, equality is about giving everyone the resources. But equity is making sure that those resources are individualized to ensure that it actually works for that particular individual. And when we further talk about equity, the biggest single difference is two types of equities you can create as an organization, equitable pay and equitable opportunity. So if you are equal work for equal pay, which is about ensuring that every person, two people who are doing the exact same job, irrespective of gender or any other protected variables, are paid equally. And second is everyone has similar access to opportunities. And that's truly what drives equitable practices is equal pay and equal opportunities. And we are seeing some things around, um, you know, even in the sort of the overall trends of workforce equity or pay equity is that um, companies are beginning to say that it is about, not about reporting just pay gap or gender pay gap. But it's about truly ensuring, as I was saying earlier, I'm probably repeating myself here, is making sure that companies are truly thinking about equitable pay and being transparent about that. Earlier, you started to discuss, I guess, trends. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the overall trends in DEI and uh, pay equity that you are seeing at the moment? Yeah, if I think about broader DEI, the, the growing trends, in particularly in 2022, will be for companies to set transparent targets, goals, and DEI initiatives. Do, doing so, once people's organizations start doing that, we'll see, they will see an increase in the sort of the accountability of people in leadership positions, encouraging more honest conversations between employees and their bosses, and truly helping inspire them to share ideas and solutions. So looking beyond tokenism, diversity and inclusion are much more than hiring that one point of contact or including one woman in a panel full of men. It is, it's now time for organizations to do something pretty solid and not just be the bare, do the bare minimum when it comes to incorporating DNI initiatives in place. So if I think about broadly, to get more specific, it'll be about in eliminating unconscious bias in the workplace. It's going to be about hiring diversity professionals. It's going to be about gearing up for systemic change. And that's where I'll talk a little bit more about pay equity particularly. And then um, specifically in th thinking about the systemic change, we're seeing that there are some very specific trends around pay equity in itself. First and foremost, Companies are beginning to include, at least in the UK, 
ethnicity in pay equity analysis. Initially, it used to be always gender, but now ethnicity is playing a big role in ensuring that we look at equitable practices from an ethnicity perspective as well. Second, we are seeing that companies are also looking, starting to look at additional comparator groups based on demographics like age and sexual orientation and veteran status, which is of course in the US, and analyzing pay in a much more intersectional way. Uh, third, companies are beginning to analyze different types of compensation, not, not just the base pay, but stock options or equity in that uh, context or bonuses paid or variable comp and many other ways of looking at what compensation overall includes. The fourth key trend we are seeing is more companies are beginning to budget for pay equity adjustments because you've got to take some action. There's got to be some remediation perhaps once the analysis is done. And then um, fifth one is really about analyzing pay equity more frequently and moving towards prevention. So moving from this reactive once in two years pay audit because we have to do it to being more proactive and saying, this is something that we want to make it part of the DNA of our organization. And we want to continuously do that. So we move towards prevention. You know, we don't have to worry about remediation because we are always going to remain equitable. And finally, the most important one in, is companies are driving towards greater transparency. You know, the, with the EU directive coming very soon, it's only a matter of time, but organizations will need to report on their pay scales and um, you know, when they post on job, job, job postings, et cetera. So it is something that we are seeing more and more organizations are beginning to say, how do we truly talk about when it comes to being transparent about we've done this analysis, we are perhaps not there yet, but we are slowly and surely we have a plan of getting there. Yeah, thanks, Toby, too. Um, so that's all very comprehensive and organisations need a lot of help, um, uh, especially from externals as well. Um, and obviously companies and individuals such as yourself. So um, how is Syndio helping organisations analyse equity in their business? Absolutely. And this is where technology comes into play. So if you want to move from reactive to proactive, you've got to have technology that enables you and empowers you as an organisation. So Sintio is a workplace equity analytics platform. We have about 220 customers, including 30% of Fortune's most admired list. And we really help industry leaders analyze and resolve pay equity and opportunity gaps. But most importantly, the platform identifies the root causes and areas that demand tangible action rather than just a generic, let's spread some peanut butter DEI approach that lacks impact. Um, and we are seeing that in terms of how we're helping organizations measure, prioritize, and improve on all as facets of workplace equities, it's, I would say it's four key things. One, equitable representation. Analyze your current makeup of your company and benchmark against available talent across all departments, levels, and locations so you can set as an organization and report on meaningful diversity goals. Second, equitable access to opportunities. Can we help you identify statistically significant inequities in hiring, promotions, performance assessments, and your retention so you can improve equity overall and prioritize your biggest areas of opportunity for increasing diversity over time? Third, equitable compensation. Identify some of those pay disparities due to gender, ethnicity, or any other demographic and address them at key moments in your compensation cycle using remediation recommendations. And then fourth, but a really, really important one is equitable starting pay. Because as you can imagine, disparities start happening 
at the starting pay. So providing your hiring teams in organizations with real-time insights into what salaries are fair and competitive for every candidate, interrupting potential biases, guiding pay decisions, and stopping pay disparity, disparities before they start. But I always, always say that workplace equity is not one size fits all. That's why it's an, in, in addition to our software, Cyndia also provides expert support and consulting covering statistical analysis, labor economics, uh, uh, labor economists, legal best practices, and communication approaches for areas, particularly such as ESG reporting. Yeah, I was going to say it must go beyond the nuances of what purely what the data. You need to know look beyond the data. You, obviously, that's that's your starting point. You, then you need to have the expertise in house to be able to do something with that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's one thing to do the analysis; it's another thing to take some action on those analysis. Yeah, well, thanks, Ritu. And so what are they, obviously, um, like try and do it in-house, and what, what are they doing wrong when they're, they're trying to look at equitable practices? I mean, even if it's uh, with good intentions and goodwill, what, what are you seeing that's, that's, that's going awry? Yeah, I, I would say it's, Patrick, less about doing wrong, but less about perhaps what things, you know, sort of traditional practices versus becoming more modern and progressive. First and foremost, more and more organizations we realize are looking at things in silos and outsourcing too much of that looking. Companies that do really well, they bring a team together across different areas of HR within their organizations. And of course, legal and partner with experts externally. Second, they look together using a sophisticated software, perhaps such as Sindio, to help them get into the story the data are telling them much faster. So it is about speed, it's about efficiency, it's about the right analysis with expertise. It takes this level of investment to really succeed in an effective change. Uh, there are, if I if I say if I must say that there are a few places where perhaps businesses are missing the mark with lo looking at equitable price uh, practices. Perhaps it's first when they feel analyzing the data once a year or once in every other year is enough. That's absolutely not the case. Organizations are dynamic; they're constantly changing. Companies, workforces, markets are dynamic and constantly evolving. They need to shift their mindset to having a much more dynamic, sustainable approach on equitable practices that's embedded within, again, in their DNA, which will then allow them to match their fluid workforce. Secondly, those that think all disparities can be fixed monetarily, that's missing the mark a little bit. Simply throwing money at the problem only fixes the symptoms, but it doesn't address the causes of those symptoms. Leaving the symptoms to reappear again, time and time again. So they need to start thinking about looking further and understand what are those factors driving disparities in the first place? And be sure to say that can we address those as soon as possible? And then finally, this whole piece of transparency. It is great if businesses are evolving their approaches to equitable practices in a meaningful and ongoing way. But if they are transparent with their employees, those negative employee perceptions will never go away. Being open and transparent about any efforts will result on improving equitable business practices. It'll build trust with your employees and it'll really strengthen your employer brand. Um, it, you know, it's really key that organizations think about this, that how can we get from reactive to proactive? How can we become ongoing? So we like to say always on in real time. And then how do we ensure once we've done something, let's communicate even if it's not perfect, it's about progress, not perfection. 
Definitely. And um, so coming back to the point of equity in itself, um, a lot of employees sometimes like struggle to understand equity and the con like the concept of fairness usually comes into the conversation. Um, so what can communicators do to land messages more effectively around that? Absolutely. And Aisha, if you want, I'll send you a lookbook that we have actually prepared for our customers um, because pay transparency is a true competitive advantage. In the past, companies have been really hesitant to talk about pay equity, but the tide is turning. And a recent Cindia survey showed that executives and compensation leaders are increasingly communicating about pay equity. Whether it's job seekers, whether it's employees, boards, investors, and even consumers are expecting companies to share what they're doing to achieve pay equity. And some of the leading brands are delivering with clear, accessible, and visually compelling, com compelling communication that helps them transform pay equity from a potential liability into a brand advantage. So benefiting from com communicating about pay equity doesn't require perfection. As I say, and I continue to say, it requires a commitment to progress. So sharing your pay practices and pay equity strategy can have a really powerful impact on your brand reputation, on employee engagement, and even your bottom line. So pay equity communication is not simply about publishing a few data points on your website. You know, anyone can do that. There's a real art to aligning your communication to your brand and company goals. And it's really important to understand the nuance of different conversations with each of your audiences. So for example, you want the managers at your company to be prepared to answer questions directly from your employees, but that requires sharing clear, consistent information about your pay equity strategies directly with them, not in a company-wide email at the same time as the rest of the employee base. So, so you empower managers. Another approach is data visualization. With simple, clear, and really beautiful graphics, you can deliver information in a much more accessible way, even for stakeholders who might not know as much about your compensation strategy as internal audiences. And if you want to communicate about pay equity, but aren't ready to be able to share detailed results and data visualizations, one approach is to share perhaps your commitment to pay equity within your broader DEI strategy. Pay equity is one of the most foundational and tangible measures of your broader workplace equity efforts, making it a much more natural fit to weave into your conversations and reports around DE and I. And some of the leading brands will continue to set themselves apart with much more clear, creative, and accessible communications about pay equity as part of the ESG reporting. And you know, we've done a, as I think I mentioned this, we've run a, done a really good lookbook and communications lookbook that I'm happy to share where organizations have used various of these methodologies to communicate around their workforce equity and pay equity efforts. Thanks, Ritu. Um, so I'm just trying to, uh, yeah, if I go into a really layman's term example as well around equity. So let's say um, you get, I don't know, um, so some employee, you all, you all get X, um, so, you know, internet, let's say it's internet related. Well, for instance, um, let's say you're working remotely in and maybe in a different office altogether where internet is intermittent. Uh, and one of these perks that everyone has, it's not the same for you. It's, it's, it's unequal. Um, so um, because, you know, you don't have access to the internet or whatever it is, that's the, that's the, the problem is. Um, so how do you, um, again, kind of going back to 
to the idea that actually equity isn't about equality. They are different. How do you how do you let level that with your employees? Well, actually, for it to be a fair playing field for somebody here, um, we need to do this and we need to give them this much more support. Um, how do you do that? Is it through sincerity? Uh, is it through case studies? How, how is it through interviews? How how would you land it? Yeah, so perhaps I can give you some examples of companies who are, I like to say, trailblazing, if you like, across these equitable practices and what are they specifically doing? Perfect. Would that be helpful, Patrick? That would be perfect. Thanks, Rizzi. Let's think about salesforce.com, who are absolutely trailblazing equity practices, particularly on their communication efforts. So in March 2021, when Salesforce posted its 2021 equal pay update, they also published their equal pay strategy for the first time. And what that did was, together that post, truly aim to help employees and the general public learn more about their pay philosophy, how they approach their analysis and the results. And their president chief people officer, Brent Heider, even wrote our, you know, quoting him, our North Star is our values. And one of our core values is equality. As part of this, we remain deeply committed to equal pay. Guess what? This had impact both internally and externally on how employees perceive Salesforce as an organization. Then you have companies like Starbucks who have been doing some really neat things around data visualizations and have created infographics and lots of very simple um, visualizations that lay out some of the best practices and tools Starbucks uses to achieve 100% pay equity. Another organization, Logitech, who are using the ESG reports and the initiatives to emphasize um, transparency to build trust, accountability, and credibility. As investors and even consumers become more focused on a company's environmental and social impact, Logitech recognizes the important role pay equity transparency plays in the social portion of the ESG. As the report states, um, in inverted commas, we share our impact in a visible way to empower our stakeholders with information. Through disclosure and transparent reporting, we build trust, accountability, and credibility. And finally, Sweetgreen's chief people officer, he you know said building an equitable workplace is critical for attracting and retaining talent, mitigating risks, and ensuring relevance with today's consumers. At Sweetgreen, Sindio's workplace equity platform helps zero in on two of the biggest areas of opportunity and shows them how they could attain their goals sooner, many years sooner, through targeted efforts aimed at those opportunities. Before Sindio, they did not have that level of visibility into data or insights into, into the solutions. And my, and my final point is, as economic volatility, uh, volatility increases, Many, many companies face belt tightening or even layoffs. But unlike the last recession, this time workers hold an unprecedented amount of power. And companies are also dealing with acceleration and pay transparency legislation, a louder voice from employees seeking to be heard, and rapidly evolving ESG disclosures and activist proposals around human capital. Take Microsoft example. In the same week, they announced a two times in their global merit budget to retain top talent while also announcing a slowdown in hiring. So leaders must still ensure they can retain the best employees and recruit the their top talent. So employees are demanding ownership over where they work, how they work, and how much they earn.
So forward thinking companies must start preparing for this now. Thank you. And lastly, do you feel that businesses in general and DEI teams are focusing enough on equity? You know, the more I think about it, the more I feel that many workplaces today are focusing on D and I instead of D, E and I. And I feel that equity as part of the D, uh, E and I function is still relatively new for organizations. So I do feel that many of them are beginning to think a lot about equity, but they still may be lacking the direction of even where to begin, what to focus on first. And workplace equity is definitely rapidly evolving. And the sooner the organizations can begin to drive tangible change, the better they'll be prepared for evolving regulations and social expectations. So I would say it's it's the beginning and there is progress, but organizations are still you know, grappling with what does it look like? And exactly back to your point, Patrick, what is the difference between equality and equity? That's continuously being evolved and discussed. Risa, this was absolutely fantastic. Um, I could spend weeks talking about equity because it's so, it's, yeah, it, I mean, from my experience, it barely is in the discourse at all, working within large, even large, in, in communications within very large organizations and with D and E and I teams, but I would probably remove the E from my experience. It's very overlooked. It's barely mentioned. And I guess a lot of it is because the, the D and the D and the, and the I part is so far behind that they're usually they're the ones they tackle the first. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a really fascinating discussion. Well, thanks again, Ritu, for your uh, for your time.